0: All right, this is the second episode of Democast by Penn State College Democrats. I'm O'Neal Kennedy.
1: And and I'm chewing.
0: (laughs) This is chewing. He's a second-year student.
1: I'm uh, Tom Sarabach.
0: (laughs) We're not funny. Um, Yeah, he's very busy eating his lunch. Um, So, thank you to everybody who might have listened to our first episode.
1: Or if you're listening to this, thank you for that, too. Lots of
0: thanks. Thank you for listening to us when we don't have that many original ideas and that many cool thoughts. All right, so the first thing we wanted to talk about today is gun control, and we decided that we're not going to be whiners this time around. No whining. Last time we were whining a little bit, and I understand that. It wasn't unjustified, um, but... We're going to talk about ideas now. We're not just going to complain about how Republicans never do anything about um, the gun violence. I'm going to say epidemic. That might be what we're saying. But gun violence epidemic. But we could
1: complain about it, though. We could, but we're not going to. For hours. Yeah,
0: I could really talk somebody's ear off about it. Um, So, what we really wanted to delve into is just kind of our own thoughts on it, on gun control itself, and what sort of ideas are being tossed around. So, one thing I've seen a lot that I think is perfectly reasonable is putting an age, a higher age limit on how old you have to be to buy a semi-automatic weapon like the AR-15.
1: Yeah, well, when I think that's a good idea for if you limit it to semi-automatic rifles like the AR-15 with, like, high magazines. Yeah. Um, just to that in particular, because, like, a lot of pistols are semi-automatic. There's semi-automatic rifles that are just hunting rifles. Mm, true. And I don't think those are necessarily as dangerous, but I think definitely it's, like, a three-year increase to 21 or something. Mm-hmm with Because there are people that have been mass shooters that are over that age. But in terms of school shootings in particular, which are definitely like the most common and the most dangerous in this epidemic, it definitely affect the most innocent, like youngest people in mm-hmm. society like that. I think I think that would definitely be a benefit.
0: And I think, you know, on a lot of other rights that are clearly, clearly enumerated in the Constitution, there are reasonable restrictions. Yeah. You can't vote till you're 18. It used to be 21. You can vote till you were 21, which I think is a little high. Um, you can't drink till you're 21. You have to be 18 to be in the military. You have to be 16 to drive a car. And I think that should be a little higher. Not gonna lie. Um, well, have you ever been to Europe?
1: Uh, I mean, yeah.
0: <laughs> they don't drive till they're 18 there. Like yeah, but Germany. they don't have speed and limits. Have, that's true. That, I mean, that's that, a good thing. I don't but, know if that's dangerous or not. I yeah. Haven't looked at the rates of auto accidents yeah, in Germany the versus the United States. It's definitely not
1: unprecedented to put an age limit. And again, it's an age like whenever you're talking about a semi-automatic like high capacity rifle like the AR15 putting an age limit on it like doesn't really restrict if you look at the average gun connoisseur it doesn't really restrict their gun hobby they're like a 30 year old man 40 year old man even older you're not really restricting anyone's right and it's just they have to wait that's like definitely a thing that might benefit
0: and people always point out when we talk about gun control exceptions to the rule or people who genuinely use their weapon to protect themselves but in a lot of cases they're not using something with a high capacity magazine i think her name is kimberly corbin i'm sorry if i'm not remembering her name correctly she's a conservative and she uses she has a handgun on her um at most times maybe not at all times because to protect herself and if i'm remembering remembering sorry her story correctly she was a victim of a sexual assault um, when she was younger and having the handgun on her makes her feel safer that's fine. Like yeah. I really don't care. Or if you live in a really bad area and you, you never know what's going to happen to you and you want to have that in case some somebody breaks into your house or something. I'm not saying you should shoot them as soon as they walk in, but if it makes you feel better, that's fine. But you're not going to need an AR-15 for that. And yeah. I think it's perfectly sensible to say, you. if we can't just ban those outright, I think it's perfectly fine if we just say you have to be at least 21 to yeah, have it or something. It doesn't have to be 21, but it should be higher than 18 like it is in Florida. And the person who committed the shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School, was 19 years old, He was young. You're not. Are you 20 yet? Son? I'm 19. I'll be you're 20 on March
1: 13th. My birthday is March 13th.
0: Wow. Just give out your social security number. Too Let everyone wish me a happy it. birthday. Um, but <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I shouldn't be laughing about this at all, but I don't think that's too much to ask.
1: Yeah, and additionally, something else um, in Florida specifically, because I know they have this in certain states and they have seen a benefit. So I think just putting like a seven day waiting period on your ability to purchase a rifle when you get it. When you go into the store, you have to file, and then seven days later, you can pay for it and pick it up. Mm-hmm. Because if you look specifically at the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas shooting, if I said that high school name right, yeah. he bought it literally the day before. Mm-hmm. And there's the thing where if there's a seven day um, waiting period. Not only will this event maybe not happen because maybe he reconsiders, maybe somebody finds out about it
0: before he does. Before it. he does
1: it, maybe the FBI, instead of not investigating, takes that seven day period, and investigates. Or even in like domestic abuse cases, which are unrelated,
0: it can give the person more time to get out of the situation. Yeah.
1: or yeah. the person will just reconsider because they had something called like a Sunday special issue where like an angry, drunk, alcoholic husband would like go buy a gun that night and then like oh, really? yeah. But if you had a waiting period, it doesn't happen. But a waiting period, too, again, doesn't restrict the Second Amendment, increases people's safety, and just makes it a little bit more challenging to purchase something that can easily take someone's life away. Like, that's what I feel like people don't consider, is it's not just like, like, even when you buy a car, you might not drive off the lot that day with it. You might keep looking. So it's just... And
0: when you're getting your driver's license, I don't have one, and I'm 20 years old, so laugh at me all you want, podcast listeners, but... When you, at least in Pennsylvania, when you get your driver's license, you don't get it immediately. You don't take the test and walk out and you have a license and you start driving that day. You have to be a certain age. You have to have a learner's permit for what, six months. If you're under the age of 18, it changes when you're an adult. Yeah, it's
1: like two Um, weeks under 18. yeah,
0: Yeah. So you have to practice, rack up a certain number of hours, drive in all sorts of different conditions so you're comfortable on the highway, in the rain, like all these different things. And then you know you go and you get the driver's test and you take it as many times as you have to to pass and then most people end up okay <laughs> but you know car accidents are major you know i don't know how they rank in terms of causes of death but it's well, not a pretty minor high. thing yeah
1: as people have said like even though school shootings are a really big issue you're more in danger on the way to school yeah which because is you're true. driving a bus yeah that's true but what i'm saying is if that's the case Then we should like again put in something else because it's just so easy to purchase a weapon that anyone with malicious intentions can quickly do it.
0: If they're in a spiraling state where something sets them off and they're feeling so angry, they can go do it. Yeah, and and go hurt somebody within a matter of hours, and that's really really. It shouldn't be
1: heat of the moment decision to purchase something like that because for all we know,
0: and we don't know, because apparently he's been talking. He talked about doing this for a long time. The person who committed the um, Parkland shooting. He could, have some, he could have made the decision on Monday, bought the gun on Tuesday, committed it on Wednesday. Like, that's how quick he could have moved. I don't think he did. This seemed more premeditated. But I don't, like Tom said, I don't think, you know, it doesn't restrict your freedom. You yeah. have the freedom to drive a car and having to wait to be a certain age and have to take a test doesn't really restrict your freedom. Because if you can't do something that could be dangerous, then you shouldn't be doing it. Um, what's another one? Another one um, that I've seen that we already mentioned is the banning of high-capacity magazines. So I'm not sure what fits under that definition. I can just You can just throw a number at me, and I say, that seems a little high for one magazine, but I don't know if there's actually a strict definition. Um,
1: well, see, in my experience with AR-15s, because I have shot one and other guns in the past, I'm not sure if it's just in Pennsylvania or nationwide, but I believe there's a 15-bullet um, magazine or clip. I forget which one it actually is. Um, What's there's the a difference? limit? I have no idea. You have no idea. My my friends have tried to explain to me. I don't know. But
0: sorry, you're not listening to the most educated yeah, people sorry. on this topic. We're just. I don't even
1: know what AR stands for. No, r-
0: no, it doesn't. It stands for armalite rifle. Yeah, no, it doesn't stand <laughs> for
1: assault rifle. But um, a misconception. Nevertheless, I think it's 15 bullets in Pennsylvania. Um, it might that might only be in Pennsylvania. It might be nationwide. But here's the thing: is if you're shooting an AR-15 at a range or in a person in a self-defense situation against like a home invasion or something. Unless you're facing, like, five guys, which is kind of unlikely. It's a massive team. Yeah. Like, you don't need 15 bullets of magazine. Oh, it's, like, a minor inconvenience to have to reload when you're at the shooting range. But it could save a bunch of people's lives.
0: Because that's one... How long would you say that takes? Have you ever done that to
1: like replace... Yeah, to reload. Um, if you have a bunch of... See, my thing that I think is really weird about the most recent shooting is that... Obviously, he just bought the gun the day before. He didn't really have that much experience with weapons, and yet he, he was had able to... He had so one for a while.
0: Yeah, I think he had a different one oh, okay. for a while. The well, family but, that he had I mean, been living with. Get,
1: yeah, but you can get really fast at but the reality is, again, it's still just a few seconds for somebody to get out the door. Anybody.
0: Yeah, somebody could run. Somebody could so tackle you. If you restrict somebody to like, else, if there's a good yeah. guy with a gun, that's his time to take you down.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it's just a few seconds that could be different i'm not sure what the actual limit would be but if it's 15 in pennsylvania and like whatever but i think that's something that could definitely save lives even if there was another shooting it could just save one person's life or a few people yeah, but that's which still is important you know yeah, i want really to i
0: want to have as many so i want to save as many lives as possible and i want to put in to action solutions that will save that will prevent shootings period mm-hmm. but if we can't do that then we can at least save lives and i think this is totally sensible and I remember yeah. after the shooting at the movie theater in Aurora Colorado several years ago if you remember that the f- I believe it was after that shooting and I believe it was the father of somebody who died said if he said that too he said if you ha- could only have a, s- a magazine with a smaller number of bullets that's another moment that somebody can yeah. put this thing to an end so again it doesn't really restrict your freedom it's just another f- if you're at the shooting range or if you are protecting yourself against a home invasion which again unlikely you know,
1: especially with an AR-15, especially with an AR-15, you want like a shotgun or something close range. you yeah. don't really have to aim, but um, nevertheless, you're not
0: sniping from
1: your yeah. living room.
0: Um, it's, you know, again, I don't think that's not. I think that's sensible. Yeah, it's not too much to ask. Oh, what else has there? Been?
1: I guess background checks. That's obviously been yeah, discussed and applied. Nice. <laughs> but the fact that Trump repealed the mental health, health background check like last year is pretty important. And the thing about background checks is. Again, it doesn't restrict freedom. It's just a simple step to make it a little bit harder to own a weapon that could easily take someone's life. And the majority of gun owners support it. That's the thing about the NRA that I really don't like. I know we weren't going to do whining, but I'm going to whine a little bit here, is that even when there's an issue like background checks that many gun owners agree is perfectly reasonable and that they inc- incredibly like support, they refuse to even move on that. And we'll and, get to the
0: NRA in a minute. Yeah. I have some things to say. Yeah. Um, Another thing that's been brought up, um, well, actually, since the shooting in Florida, I've done a little bit of research and I will admit I go on Reddit. I do. I read Reddit, all sorts of subreddits. Um, I recommend wedding planning for anybody who's interested in that. I'm not planning a wedding, I just like looking at the dresses. But I, on some subreddit, not wedding planning, another one. You know, like I've been hearing stories from people on social media and I've done some research about other, um, other advanced countries and their gun laws. You know, in Japan, what they have you do, to my understanding, is if you want to buy a gun, you have to go to a day-long training class that they only offer once a month. And then you have to go get a physical, and you have to get a mental health examination, and they put that on file with the police. And then they you are allowed to have your weapon, and you have to do that every couple of years. And in New Zealand, when you buy a gun, the police might come to your house and they'll see where you're planning on keeping it, making sure the safe is, like, big enough, and making sure you know how to actually use the safe, um, seeing if there are any children around. And it, it pe- they'll warn the people living in the house about the, in- about the likelihood, whether it's gone up or down, of somebody getting hurt
1: mm-hmm. because
0: there's a weapon in the house on purpose or accidentally. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, a lot of people say that's a little invasive, and I see what they're saying. But I think if you want to have... You know, Tom and I right now are operating off of the assumption that we're not proposing that we eliminate, quote unquote, assault weapons, that we're doing things that are more of a compromise. If somebody if there are just maybe you can't keep it in your house. At all times, you have to put it at the nearest gun range. You get a little locker. It's three dollars a month. I don't know.
1: I'm I'm shaking my head. Sorry, shaking. My, Tom, Tom is nobody shaking can his see head. It I realize, yeah, but don't don't do that.
0: <laughs> People would get so mad if we did that. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, so um, it's like it, it kind of takes away the personal defense ability. True.
0: Even though again, you wouldn't be using that type of gun for a yeah self defense situation in your house. But, um, but you know there are other countries who have done this, and of course we're m- much larger. Than many of those countries population wise and we have far more guns than either of those countries so that would be a complicating factor that some people yeah, haven't acknowledged and
1: there's a couple things to mention um specifically with the japan example this is often cited but the one thing that you should definitely consider is that japan um, mislabels a lot of possible murders or other deaths as suicides um for whatever reason so that kind of really? distorts their murder statistics do they
0: do that on purpose to make it yeah make i mean look safer?
1: You, I, you can't You can't like they haven't publicly said yeah we do this but like if you look at their actual statistics there's a lot of cases where it's labeled as a suicide and there could be something else there Hmm. I think too um, so that's kind of like something to consider but with New Zealand I think something that would be beneficial in terms of talking about gun lockers to going back to Sandy Hook um, with the particular shooter there he was able to get a gun from his own home that his parents owned and they just hadn't secured it and that's essentially their fault there were a lot of of
0: problems with that.
1: Well, yeah, exactly. But exactly. No, I'm saying there sec- were a lot yeah. of
0: reasons. And he, I'm not sure if we've ever fully determined what was going on but with I'm him him, But his parents had, his mother specifically, with the mother, had a lot of guns. Yeah, but I'm in saying she was they in were easily and accessible. And she did lock them up from her son who she and others knew had some type of issue. And I hope I'm not being insensitive here. I really yeah. don't know what it was. I'm not sure if people have determined but, that. But
1: my thing with that is, again, if you just make sure legally, hey, you have to have this secured or else you can be in trouble like i think another thing just going off that the idea that some like gun companies or the gun owner whose weapon is used to kill somebody can be found at fault hmm. for whenever somebody is like shot and murdered with that weapon is something that'd be advantageous because then you have a lot different opinions of companies and of individuals about guns because they don't want to actually see like be facing legal incidences
0: yeah that can i've heard that um suggestion before and even i'm mixed on that on the um s- idea of, yeah i'm not necessarily supportive of yeah, it, that's yeah. Something else um, that's been no good point um not tearing you down um you know if some if you own a gun and without your consent somebody uses that to hurt somebody else then that would be a situation which i would understand you being found liable if you could have known ahead of time that that person would do it like if they conduct a full investigation they find that you knew this person had violent tendencies you knew that they knew how to use a weapon or would be interested in doing so and you didn't lock it up yeah. or something like that that would make sense. i think just
1: lock, not locking up guns in general
0: That's yeah you gotta lock that stuff yeah there. what are you Jeez. doing do you know how many toddlers accidentally shoot themselves or their family members there's a
1: big i know i don't it's know, a large but yeah it's it's, a, it's, a, it's frightening it's a number
0: it's very and it's very sad because yeah. you know you know i have five younger siblings i have a very big family i know a bunch of people who have had babies in the past couple years and they baby proof And to think that people might be putting up safety gates on their stairs and putting, like, soft stuff on corners of sharp furniture, and they might be, like, putting those, like, plastic things in the um, outlets so the kids don't shock themselves, and then they have a gun sitting in their purse loaded. Oh, my God.
1: Yeah, and the thing, too, I think it's funny is that, like, they they passed legislation about dressers falling on toddlers because it's, like, a really high number. That's, like, really depressing. Yeah. Makes me scared. Because they
0: weren't secured. Yeah, what
1: I'm saying is they passed, like, regulations, and there's been companies that have done recalls because that's happened. Like Ikea. Like Ikea, specifically. And then they just don't do anything, like, about guns, even though it's worse. I don't know.
0: So the point that we're trying to make here is that, okay, a lot of people, a lot of conservatives are saying... A lot of gun control advocates are saying that liberals just want to take all the guns away. We want to fully repeal the Second Amendment. I don't know anybody who actually would want to do that because it's written there and it's written there for a reason. And I personally have no issues with somebody who likes to shoot clay pigeons for fun or, I don't like hunting, but to go hunting or something like that. Or they need it to feel safe or they like to collect antique guns and just look at them. I don't care. Yeah,
1: it's definitely a straw man argument used by the right whenever they're facing for example, the specific reference I believe O'Neill is making is to ben a Ben Shapiro Thank tweet you. during the Marco right, t- Rubio town hall, where he goes, "Go ahead, Demi, go ahead, Democrats," because that's his voice. That because is not he's a his voice.
0: Boy. Don't say that about <laughs> him.
1: But anyways, he's go ahead, Democrats, repeal the Second Amendment, see what happens. We'll like vote you out, and it's like it's definitely a straw man argument because. Again, nobody who's
0: saying that is serious and influential. I would. You don't see like Cory Booker and Bob Casey saying that. Yeah, you go
1: against. You say that and you suggest that because it's easily defensible, and it's very hard to argue against sensible regulations. Yeah, that don't really restrict anybody's freedom. So instead of doing that, you're just going to throw out a straw man argument, and I see that happening a lot. And yeah, it's bad. And there's going to be some conservatives that are swayed by it. But at the same time, I think it's. Almost a good signal because it shows these regulations are so sensible that even someone who loves to argue, no matter how irrational his points are, like Ben Shapiro, can't argue against it. So he just throws at a straw man to attack.
0: Um, one piece of news that I believe just broke yesterday was that at Parkland, there I, we knew already that there was a security officer on campus who was armed, a sheriff's, sheriff's deputy and it came out that he has resigned because, you know, I, I, to my understanding, at that school, it's not all in one building, that there are a few buildings on campus. Um, so I know my thought when I heard that and heard that there was an armed security officer was he didn't know where the shooting was because there were so many buildings. And I didn't know how long it was. And maybe by the time he got there, the shooter had fled. Um, but apparently he, he he knew where it was and he went to that building and he did not go inside.
1: Yeah. And, he, he,
0: he could probably hear the shots and, and he didn't go inside. And
1: people have like attacked himself, but the reality of being a human with realistic fears and stress and anxiety is that it's very, very challenging to actually be a hero in that scenario. And that's mm-hmm. what I feel like a lot of conservatives are missing when they're saying, oh, we should arm the teachers, we should have armed security guards, is that even when you have that, People are naturally going to be scared and run away whenever they hear gunshots. I would run.
0: Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, exactly. That and brave.
1: that's definitely his role to protect them, and he probably should have done that. He definitely should have done that. But
0: Because he wasn't just some guy that they yeah, hired. A he, was, he was a sheriff's This isn't just like an, an average guy. Dog. But when yeah. you're
1: arming teachers and expecting them, like, well, if there's a school shooting, they'll just get taken out right like that. No, like, you can't no. And yeah.
0: maybe he was scared of crossfire and accidentally hurting more students. Maybe, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm upset because I feel like he could have done something if he went in there, if he could have found a wounded student and gotten them to safety, if he had just been able... The people who were locked in classrooms, like scared for their lives, if he would have been able to evacuate them and end their fear a little bit, even if he couldn't have stopped the shooter. I, again, I don't want to judge him too hard
1: Yeah, what because I,
0: God knows I wouldn't be able to do anything. But saying, again, it is your yeah. job and it pokes a hole in the argument that if we just have good guys with guns, this won't happen because yeah. it will happen and it, a few people even, might get shot and die by the time the good guy gets well, there. Well, yeah, and
1: the best example of that is the ch- sh- the shooting that happened in the church in Texas with oh, I believe storm. again an AR15, it might have been another similar weapon, is that there was a good guy with a gun that did shoot the guy who was doing the shooting but not until he killed I believe 12 people. So mm-hmm. again, even if you have a good guy with a gun and we're not
0: criticizing him, God bless you. No, sir. that
1: guy, that guy did a great job. Yeah. He did the but I'm saying even when you do a great job and you you stop the shooter. There's still going to be innocent lives that are lost, and we want to prevent that or lower the number. Mm-hmm. And again, regulations will do that.
0: And I fear the idea of arming teachers first of all, because where is this money going to come from?
1: It's, yeah, it's not. Okay, my my sister is an art teacher. I do not trust her with a <laughs> weapon ever ever.
0: If I were a teacher, you should not trust me with a weapon. I have zero hand-eye coordination. Uh, all right, Tom. You'll have. I'll see it when I. I'll believe it when I see it um hopefully i'll never see it um but i think i understand let's say i understand the logic of if we hard to borrow a term from my terrorism class that i have an exam for in less than an hour to harden a target if we harden a target and make it so that it is more difficult even just slightly more difficult for someone to commit an attack there then maybe they won't do it at all and that's fabulous however this is another point taken from that terrorism class, Policy Four Thirty Nine. I highly recommend, is that this encourages attackers to find new ways of attacking that place. So my concern would be, okay, if there is a school where somebody's already planning to commit a shooting and they are the teachers, what will he do? He'll shoot the te- he'll still go yeah. and he'll shoot the teacher first, wow. or he'll go into one classroom, break open the window with his elbow, shoot the teacher, kill everybody else, and then that's it. And he still killed twenty people.
1: And the thing too is, I don't even think army like. There, I've had teachers in my high school who were, had military experience. I would 100% trust them to have a weapon and act very responsibly in like a, a mass shooting scenario. However, what I don't get, again, about Republicans is they're saying, well, don't do any of these other solutions. Only try this one. Mm-hmm. And whenever there's an epidemic of gun violence like this, you, we and lawmakers should be throwing like everything but the kitchen sink and the kitchen sink at the issue. We should be if you think army teachers would help, we should be doing that. We if you think mental health background check like mental health, not background checks, but just improving it and giving more people services help, do that. But then also increase background checks, add a waiting period, just make it harder to purchase weapons. Just a increase little harder. the age to purchase a semi automatic, high capacity rifle like an Air fifteen. Just like there should instead of just proposing one solution, we should just be doing everything because this is like a massive And if it there.
0: doesn't work. Then you just yeah exactly stop it's it. trial it's, and it, error yeah it's unfortunately it is slightly trial and error like we might have data to back up certain things and not others or the left will have data and the right has other data um, but you know we could just there are so many things we could be doing and we're not doing them and we like Tom and I are not asking right now for a full repeal of the Second Amendment because that's silly
1: I mean or, yeah I'm, I plan to own a gun in the future anyway are there personally? members of
0: College Democrats who like to go shoot our over
1: president her own? Fernando Mendez.
0: He has one, or he has is, a permit for one. I don't yeah, know Yeah, he, he owns definitely has a
1: permit for one.
0: He enjoys it. It's He's for a, fun. He enjoys
1: shooting in his spare time. It's, it's a reasonable hobby, and it's part of the, our rights as Americans. But, again, regulating it and just making it harder to own a gun so not everybody can do it instantly mm-hmm. is not restricting that freedom.
0: No, and I think it's it's fine. Yeah. It's a bit of a compromise. And I, I understand. Now, we want to talk about the NRA. So, what the NRA, I think... Both conservatives and liberals don't—I think in the popular imagination, I think the NRA has a different image than what it actually is. I think a lot of liberals, at least, and some members of the NRA, think that the NRA is a lobbying group for gun owners. But it's not.
1: Yeah, it's It's a
0: lobbying group for gun manufacturers. And those are two totally different things. If the NRA was a lobbying group for gun owners, I would have some more respect. I'd be like, okay. They're a group. They're a large group. Okay, you can do that. I would understand. But really what the NRA does, as far as I'm able to tell with their tactics, because, you know, when you buy a gun, I don't know that much about guns, but one thing I know is that they're rather well made. They're not
1: Depen- trash. Depends, depends if you you go out and increase your price, and you know you can get you know a I mean? not crappy like f- gun. Yeah,
0: but it's not like you know a sweater you buy from Forever Twenty One. Not hating on you, Forever Twenty One. But, it for, but, like, I but shop let's it be forever real, forever twenty so Right now, but let's be real, it's not going to last you a million years. But yeah. a gun, if it's well made, can last you a very long time, and you don't really need that many. And I feel like the NRA stirs up fear. In order to get people to buy more guns because it benefits the people who pay the NRA to lobby on their behalf.
1: Yeah. And the thing about the NRA, too, is they often say, oh, we have 5 million members, which in a country of 300 million people and only 150 million voters is like a significant percentage of people. But then again, like if you look at what what is membership to the NRA, like you get a magazine, you pay dues. And, like, they give you, like, a free knife upon entry or Or whatever. Or a sticker. Or a sticker. But what Mm -hmm. I'm saying is if you're joining the NRA, you're doing it because you're a gun enthusiast, not because necessarily you support, hey, no background checks. Hey, no waiting period. Like, all these things that the NRA does as a lobbying group for gun manufacturers.
0: And I don't want to vilify NRA members because I probably know some and I don't realize it. And. Just as Tom said, if you're a gun connoisseur or a gun enthusiast, that does not at all mean you're a bad person. And if you've paid dues to the NRA, that doesn't mean you're a bad person. But I find their rhetoric really harmful. Apparently, the number of guns that were bought after Obama was elected went up significantly because people thought he was going to take them away. He wasn't. He wasn't going to take them away. But who told them he was? The NRA. Because the NRA acts as if me and Tom sitting in this room when probably no one's going to listen to this podcast asking for better background checks is going to snowball and in two weeks all guns will be confiscated and it's going to be the handmaid's tale. No.
1: It's just ridiculous. And again, it is rhetoric that specifically, while it also benefits like Republican candidates, it benefits gun manufacturers because then when Democrats, it's either Republicans get elected and they don't do anything about guns and it benefits the NRA or Democrats get elected and they don't do anything about guns but the NRA spreads like I guess negative stories essentially Mm -hmm. and then the prices of guns go up and then they benefit again so it's kind of like messed up but
0: and I want to remind people the NRA has some power and they do donate a lot of money but they're not the only people doing that you know if we all vote and we vote for people who either don't take NRA money or people who support increased gun control efforts The NRA will be beaten. The NRA didn't win in 2008 because Barack Obama was elected. They didn't win in 2012 because Barack Obama was elected. Had the election gone the way I wanted, the NRA would not have won. So I think we need to stop acting as if the NRA is this monster who's just going to eat us all up because, yeah, I don't like what they do, but we, we have to be able to work around that. We have to have some hope. We can't necessarily ignore them because, again, I think their rhetoric is harmful, but I think we need to acknowledge... Their actual power.
1: Yeah. And I think another thing we can do about the NRA, um, beyond voting for candidates that are not supported by the NRA, is like divesting from certain companies that happen to have ties to the NRA. So, a good example I saw this morning um, was like, for example, FedEx actually has ties to the NRA, but like the United States Postal Service think, and UPS and by
0: ties, I think we mean. I've heard that members of the NRA might get discounts by using these. Yeah, there's like
1: financial companies. ties. Yeah. That's another reason to join the NRA too. That they don't mention they are all kind of discounts. They get access to shooting Almost ranges like the and AARP. stuff. Yeah, exactly. Like when they say they have five million members, they're not joining because the NRA is right. They're joining because there's tons of benefits to it, and you should join too. No, just kidding. Um, nevertheless, like they're cutting ties. Like you cut ties to organizations like FedEx and say, I'm only going to ship UPS now because I don't want to support the NRA. And it'll be doing stuff like that and boycott divestment that will also help to weaken that organization.
0: Yeah, so if we really, again, it just kind of reiterates the idea. of If you want to make change, you have to vote. You have to canvas. You have to phone basically Vote you can't with your money. Vote or vote with your money. Um, you can't just be scared. Um, so we're not quite running out of time. But we wanted to transition to talk about the Russia investigation.
1: That's me snapping. I'm excited. Because,
0: because it's it's. I I wouldn't be surprised. Well, let's get to that in a minute. So as I put on the little outline we have here, it's getting spicy. Um, so recently, a few days ago, it came out that um, the investigator Bob Mueller has released thirty-two new charges against um, Paul Manafort and Rick Gates. So a little refresher: Paul Manafort was Trump's campaign chairman for all of about three months, from June to August of twenty sixteen. And Rick Gates was his deputy. And they had worked together in the past. Before that, Paul Manafort worked for a man named Viktor Yanukovych, who was the president of Ukraine and was very pro-Russia. And that was an interesting sort of thing. So we'll get to that in a minute. Um, I have a little tangent to educate a few people who might not know that much about Ukraine. But it is important because we're a little bit fighting over Ukraine. Not just a little bit, just ideologically.
1: Ukraine's definitely... It, see it's kind of faded in recent years but specifically with kiev and i believe this happened in 2013 or 2014 um with kiev whenever the they were the invasion was, of crimea the <laughs> invasion of crimea is what i'm talking was about terrible um it, it became almost a battleground between the western europe ideology um and eastern europe's ideology which is essentially pro-russia um it's not quite the soviet union but it definitely has like a uh
0: they call it the Russian world.
1: Yeah, exactly. Mir. Yeah, I was gonna well, I was gonna say Pan Slavism, but that kind of went away mm. past the twentieth century. But it's essentially that sort of thing where you have there's two um, ideologies in Europe battling over this one area. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're just seeing like I guess that happen and take place in the Ukraine.
0: Um, so both Gates and Manafort worked for Viktor Yanukovych around the time he was running for president of Russia. So when that so that was in 2010. President of Ukraine. President of Russia, excuse me. Thank, er, President of, of Ukraine. Ukraine. Oh my God, Ukraine. Jesus. Ukraine. Anyway, um, so in 2010 during this election, Yanukovych's main rival was a woman named Yulia Tymoshenko. You might have recognized her because she has blonde hair and she always wears it in a braid that goes over the top of her head and it's very distinctive. She says it's a family tradition. Um, so that's what a lot of people. I say she's West, a weirdo. Not she's mistaken. not a weirdo. Leave her alone. Um, So she was far more liberal and far far more pro-Western than Yanukovych was. And in the election, she came in second, so she did not win. Remember that. But soon after that election, she was charged with embezzlement and abuse of power. She was found guilty and was sentenced to seven years in prison. And she spent some time under house arrest, but I think they overturned it because... The entire international community, especially the EU, was like, this is totally politically charged. This is BS. This is so just her being punished for running against Yanukovych. So around that time, Paul Manafort and Rick Gates were working for Yanukovych, which is great. So they are now facing new charges of bank and tax fraud related to not revealing foreign income. Great. High quality people. Good people on both sides. (laughs) Um, So Gates has now fired his lawyer. And there are sources saying that he is not ready to strike a deal with Mueller, which is contrary to some recent reporting. And there's rumors that Manafort is ready to plead guilty to these charges. Um, they already were facing um, charges, and they have pleaded not guilty to those, so we'll see what happens here.
1: Really? Is that what it Okay, that makes more sense, because I was wondering why they got charged again, but if they pled yeah, not guilty... they not guilty. Robert Mueller's so like, <laughs> Robert like Mueller's oh, like, well, really? well, I'm just going to lay it on you. are not him. guilty? Like, oh, here's some more charges. Yeah, exactly.
0: Charges. Um, and another man named Alex Vander Swan, I don't know if I'm saying that right, uh, might be Sivan, Um, He is a lawyer and the son of a Russian oligarch, great, um, was indicted for and pled guilty to lying to federal investigators because he apparently lied about his interactions with Rick Gates and about his role in writing a report about Yulia Tymoshenko's trial. And he's a younger guy, too. I don't think he's as old as either one of them. So that is not great for him. So that's just the latest news on the Russia yeah. investigation and nobody's totally sure what this means because the issue that we're seeing now as more and more charges come out Is that it looks like Robert Mueller's finding a lot of bad stuff Yeah Which means that, okay, we this was definitely a campaign and at this point definitely a White House run by the worst people But I personally haven't seen a ton of evidence besides the indictment of those Russian nationals and the Russian companies that Trump knew that Russia was helping him,
1: well, the which thing, is the
0: main issue.
1: Yeah, the thing about Donald Trump is, with it, with him as a person, like, you can never be sure if he knows anything or if there's people just kind of doing stuff behind the scenes, even when it comes to, as we mentioned on our last podcast, if you listen to that, which you might not have, you probably didn't. But there's, like, all this talk of behind the scenes, like, Trump doesn't actually know what's going on besides what he's told and what he sees on Fox and Friends, et cetera. So it's very possible that Trump only maybe slightly knew about this and there's no way to prove that he knew about it or that he was just totally kind of under the wing and had no idea about anything going on. And again, it's very hard to prove that he knew, but I think something that might be beneficial is the fact that, again, going back to um, Donald Trump Jr.'s meetings with, like, Russian people specifically and how he communicated with them, like... So
0: dumb. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm (laughs) struck by Donald Trump Jr.'s idiocy every time he opens his mouth or tweets.
1: I think that's better evidence that either Donald Trump himself was slightly aware that his family knew and that could bring indictments later. But I think what they're working on now, specifically with Manafort and Gates, is just building up like a big enough case against them that says, hey, we have so many charges against you for bank fraud and tax fraud and all this other stuff that even if you plead not guilty and beat half of them, you're still going... To federal prison for like 20 years. Yeah. And they're just going to layer on these charges until one of them breaks and say, okay, okay, here's exactly what we know. Here's like all the meetings. Here's, we can, uh, we can guarantee stuff. But.
0: Yeah. At this point. Yeah. I mean, I don't know everything that Rob Mueller knows. And that's probably a good thing. Cause I have a bit of a big mouth. I'd be telling everybody. You have oh. a huge mouth. <laughs> oh, I'd be like, "Guess what? But. Um, if it
1: was Penn State government drama, I'd be letting everybody know.
0: Already do. I said that on recording. Nevertheless, (laughs) Um, let's not talk about that. Um, But there's actually no drama. So you're just kind of. Yeah, it's not. It's it's very boring. It's very neutral. Everyone's
1: friends. It sucks.
0: Tom makes stuff up, guys. Take note. Um, But I'm worried. I'm not worried. I shouldn't say I'm worried. But I'm wondering if at the end of all this, what we're going to see is that everybody surrounding Donald Trump sucks. And is, like, the worst person and uh, loves committing tax and bank fraud and has and is in debt to shady foreign banks and has weird financial transactions and investments in Cyprus and places like that. But that Donald Trump, there's no evidence he knew anything. And I'm not sure, you know, I highly doubt that having a bunch of incompetent scheming staffers, that's your, not going to lead to your, an impeachment.
1: Essentially, his staffers are like the three stooges. Except there's like thirty of them, but nevertheless, and they all are terrible, and they're all just hitting each other with polling pins and stuff. But ne- not, a, not
0: a one, not a single one of them is competent. No, no one.
1: even again, we, generally, we thought John Kelly yeah, was
0: competent. He's not.
1: He's obviously not competent because he, or he there's just wife does, beater. or he just doesn't care about domestic abuse. That's kind of another thing. But my thing overall with the Trump administration is you can point to all these Russian things and they might be provable and I have all my conspiracy theories about an international Russian takeover, which I can let you in on later. Oh, stop. Nevertheless, I think Democrats as a party and individuals in America who don't like what's going on need to focus on elections, need to focus on legislation, need to focus Mm -hmm. on 2018 and 2020 because that's really, realistically, the only way that we're going to get Donald Trump um, first neutered in 2018 if we elect a bunch of Democrats in that sweet blue wave. And out of office in 2020. Like, we can't focus on this Russia. We Russian. can't
0: hope that Bob Mueller is going to save us. Yeah, it, God bless him. It, it's he's a, doing good work. But we a, can't hope that he's the new Jesus.
1: It's a great thing to to watch on the side and enjoy. But at the end of the day, it's more important to focus on elections and, like, tangible legislation on the local, state, and federal level that will actually alter the way America is going.
0: Because when it comes to things like Trump Jr.'s meeting with Natalia Veselnitskaya, it was in Trump Tower, where Donald Trump lives, He knew about, Donald Trump Jr. knew about the meeting a day or two in advance. And some would say it's hard to believe that a son working for his father's campaign wouldn't tell him, hey, I'm about to get some dirt on your opponent, and it's from a Russian. Yeah. See you tomorrow. It's a little hard to believe. But is Donald Trump's Jr. smarter than we think? And he knows his fa- own father can't keep his mouth shut? Because if that's the case, then maybe Donald Trump Jr. or Donald Trump legitimately had no idea. If everybody around him was just using the campaign and the presidency that they did not expect to get to just – further their own interests and they didn't actually think he would make a good president and they knew all his flaws, maybe, yeah, they didn't tell him yeah. a single thing.
1: And, and, and to clarify, Donald Trump Donald Trump Jr. is definitely like the middle intelligence because Ivanka is the smartest one. Eric is clearly not on the same playing field as most people. Ne- uh,
0: no, I think that's just the yes SNL no skits. Eric is probably just normal.
1: <laughs> Never th- nevertheless... Um, but my thing is with Donald Trump is, you know a lot of people point to him complimenting Putin and all this stuff as evidence that he knew he was working with Russia. But the reality is when you're an egotistical megalomaniac like Donald Trump and like myself, bunch, <laughs> um, when somebody compliments you, like Putin did compliment him and say, "Hey, this guy's doing a great job because Putin knew it would benefit him and Putin knew that eventually Donald Trump would not and reinforce the sanctions, which is happening right now, the sanctions are not on Russia or less sanctions are on Russia. Whenever you get complimented by somebody, you're just going to take it. Like, this guy's great. And that's what Donald Trump is doing. It doesn't exactly show that he knew what was going on.
0: I'm not totally convinced that Donald Trump – again, I don't have all the information that people like Bob Mueller have. And it's very clear that early on Bob Mueller knew what directions to take with the people he was getting on his team – you know, for all we and for all we know this could come out and the charges against Don or the accusations against Donald Trump turn out to be like twenty year old stuff about doing financial stuff with the mafia.
1: Which he did that, that Which he that, like totally did. Yeah, he definitely but did. But like
0: that. It, it might not be anything that's related to Russia at all because yeah, have you heard the guy talk? Yeah. There's a very like if I was working on his campaign but I was actually smart and I didn't and I was just looking out for myself, I wouldn't tell him a single thing. No. Because I would not be able to trust him to keep his mouth shut, and I'm not defending him here. I'm not saying that I think he's innocent. I'm just saying you need really strong evidence given who Donald Trump is as a person. Mm-hmm. You just do like you need strong evidence anyway, but you really need to prove.
1: Yeah, and there's a lot of evidence on an international scale that Russia is trying to influence elections, like such in they tried to influence the French election by um, directly backing Marine Le Pen with like media support from the RT,
0: they tried and in financial Germany. support.
1: They tried it in Germany. It didn't work. It didn't work in France. They tried it with... A, France
0: saw what we did, and they were like, we're not doing yeah, that. Yeah,
1: they, they tried it in um, the Netherlands with Geert Wilders and that group. Oh, yeah, I forgot about um, that. Yeah, and, and they failed there, too. But the, right now, they're trying in Italy with a guy named Salvini, um, who in 2014, like, essentially supported repealing Russian sanctions, wants to the, like, leave the EU. But there's definitely a pattern of Russia trying to influence elections on an international scale. Like to benefit themselves, to remove sanctions, to help their economy, which is really like genius, really diplomatically intelligent on their part. But I think it just goes to show that...
0: Terrible, but intelligent. Yeah,
1: I think it goes to show that whether they were successful in influencing... The U.S. election or not, whether Donald Trump knew about it or not, I think they definitely attempted to because that's just their international strategy right now. That's what mm-hmm. they're trying to do.
0: And we really need, in addition to focusing on 2018 and 2020, we need to focus on election safety. And unfortunately, the federal government, at least, hasn't been taking that as seriously yeah, or kind of seriously of hard at all.
1: Whenever you got, ele- really, when you got is, elected by a bad election,
0: it really—it's very upsetting to me, as it is to so many people, because there are ways that we can make it safer. It is hard to hack. Every voting machine, but you don't have to hack everyone. You just yeah. have to hack ones in certain counties, in certain states. So, you know, paper ballots are a pain.
1: Yeah, we don't but want to be hanging be the, chads oh, like 2000. I don't, even, I don't want
0: to talk. Have you seen the movie Election or Recount? No, I, I only on know it HBO. from how I met
1: your mother, oh my God. which is really depressing. got have watch the movie Recount. The,
0: word, the number of times I heard the word Chad was aggravating.
1: It's like being in a frat house at Penn State. Okay.
0: Oh, you're so unamused. Um That's not true. I do find you funny. Um, but there are ways we could do this. Paper ballots are a pain, but they might be the only way. Because the Russians are not going to walk in yeah. and switch out ballots. They're not going to well, do it.
1: And beyond Russia, I mean, China and North Korea both they have love super strong safe. cyber, like cyber, I don't know. I don't want to say defense. Cyber terrorism. Cyber terrorism forces. And there's... It's not that hard to develop a cyber terrorism force in today's age if you have the right amount of funding and access to the internet, and and beyond Russia, it's just in the future our elections could be at stake, and it could next time it could hurt Republicans. Next time it could hurt I, I, like any because per- it's
0: not that Donald Trump or that Putin loves Donald Trump and believes in the ideals of the Putin Republican wants Party a, or the a right weaker America. He wants a weaker America. If roles had been reversed and Hillary would have been weak on Putin and Donald Trump would have been harsh on Putin, he would have been, Putin would have been trying to alter the election in favor of Hillary. That's yeah. just, Putin is thinking of Russia's interests and I'm not convinced that Putin knows every single step of the way. I think he has... A, a somewhat vague end goal in mind. Oh, no, no. He knows every trying. single step of the way. I don't think he knows every no, the, single step of the way because uh, I think they my, were all surprised when this worked. In
1: 1998, there was a book published by, oh, I forget the guy's name, um, but it was essentially on after the fall of the Soviet Union and Russia's in this horrible state. Boris Yeltsin, I think, is president. Yep. Um, a former, I guess, member of the Communist Party in the, the 1980s yep. wrote a book on essentially bringing Russia back to the world scale. And this is the exact... Um, moves and like chess moves he essentially advertised as, hey, if we want to do this, we need to make everybody leave the EU. We need to weaken America. We need to support Syria and kind of... Oh, like-
0: I mean, he knows all of the big things that he needs yeah. to, but I don't think he me. Need- I don't think Putin knows off the top of his head, okay, we really need to target Center County, Pennsylvania. Oh, no no, 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 no. He just yet. knows
1: that we need to weaken America. That's we what he knows. Media. And he yeah. knows
0: that weakening America will have benefits for him. Whatever the benefits could yeah. be, there's a ton.
1: Mostly um, economic. Mostly because economic. The rubles worth yeah. nothing now, largely due to back. us. Yeah.
0: The economy in Russia is not doing very well.
1: Yeah, people are starving. It's our fault.
0: Well, they're not literally starving.
1: No, they're. Mm.
0: It's not bad. It's bad. It's in some areas, bad, yeah. it's pretty bad. Maybe in some areas. I mean, the, I
1: could say they were, you know, they're asking, the the they asking for it for oh being Russian. They
0: are not asking for it. I was God. just joking.
1: <laughs> I was not serious, but it's not I'm just their saying fault. it's terrible and it's our fault. But, right. We still don't want Putin to win because he's from another country and he doesn't like us.
0: He's going to win, though.
1: Yeah, It's probably, really Yeah, upsetting. It's pretty, it's pretty just terrible. to. Well, not in Europe, maybe.
0: It's pretty terrible to watch. Yeah, it's not fun. That election in Russia right now and just see a couple other people trying to run. And they all know one woman whose name is Ksenia Subchak literally said she was like, in a system set up by Putin, only Putin can win. Yeah. She's running for president. He, but she knows his... she's not going to win. It might all just be a plot because her father was best friends with Putin. We'll see. But also, her father died under suspicious circumstances. You should really look her up.
1: Wait, was see the guy that died in March
0: 2015?
1: No. Oh, uh, there was a guy that died in March 2015. Yeah, that was
0: a different guy. No, he died. At...
1: That oh. was a different random person executed person by the Russian who government. was found
0: dead in his apartment.
1: No, he was shot outside.
0: Oh, that guy? Yes, yeah, well, was yeah. bad.
1: Well, there's a bunch of security guards around and they're like, we don't know who did it. But no.
0: Russia's an interesting place. Well, thank you for listening.